Today we have two guests, Marion Baldwin and Ashley Jackson. They love to share their story about helping others, including the listeners. They've turned mess into blessings for others, up to 500,000 caregivers around the globe. They like to let other caregivers know that they are not alone and the possibilities to get out of burnout city. Topics of discussion, self-care, finding your power and staying in it, healing journey, and avoiding the burnout. Please give a warm welcome to ever-blessed Miriam Baldwin and Ashley Jackson. Hello, Miriam. Hi. Hey, Jasmine, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. I'm doing great. You know, more than one guest on here. So welcome. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you. Like I read your website, you know, you started off pretty, what was it, about three or four years ago or so or earlier than that? So actually, I've Timeless Dream Events has only been in business for a year now. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I don't lead with officiating. It's more so the planning. Mm -hmm. I got ordained because of this friend, but because of this friend pushing me to get ordained, I actually married a, a friend back in April whose father was in hospice and he was he was dying and she needed someone that she was familiar with that could hop up and go. And I had just told her like the week prior that I got ordained for this friend coming up tomorrow. And so I was able to marry one of my really good friends in April and then her dad passed away four days later. So mm -hmm. it it is all what I'm about. I just, um, my dad was a minister. And so I, I take it very, I, I don't take it very lightly. So I just want to do a really good job. Um, wow. Well, congratulations <laughs> and muscle yeah. talk to all yeah. your friends. And uh, I am so yeah. sorry to hear about the passing, but I'm glad that he was, a, your friend's father was able to witness that. That's some yeah. beautiful things. Um, Miriam, from your website, I kind of, I was at the point where I was very emotional for both of y'all websites. So I had to pause <laughs> for a couple of seconds because I'm a very empath. So no problem. You know, just the story behind your, the struggles and then what you brought to light out of the, you know, something that was so destructive at the point of your life that seemed to feel like your life was just crumbling around you. You were able to be constructive in both of your stories. Now, Miriam, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your story and um, what made you go and um, make this into a very constructive way for your journey? Yeah. So first of all, thank you for having us uh, on your podcast. Let me tell you a bit about who's Miriam first. Today, I'm a 50 year I'm 50 years young, sorry, and um, I enjoy life to the max. Both me and my husband are addicted to traveling. Mm -hmm. We do everything that we can because life is short. Like I mentioned before, we are addicted to traveling and we have been to many countries all over the world. But um, you should know that it wasn't always like this. Mm -hmm. Back in 1998, when I met my husband, he was a diabetic. And one year later, after we started dating, he started suffering from kidney failure. 
Wow. And that was in 1999. And in 2001, he needed to do dialysis. In those years, I was working full time, being the caregiver, the cook, the cleaner, the driver, everything. And I had my Super Shiro cape on. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, Super Shiro's think they can do it all by themselves. And I'm talking about caregivers. At least that what that was what I thought that I could do it all by myself. So in 2003, two years after he started with dialysis, he had a kidney pancreas transplant surgery. But I wasn't taking good care of myself. 95% of the time I was taking care of my husband, Martin. His name is Martin. And when I finally had time to do something I enjoy, I couldn't enjoy it because I felt guilty. I felt guilty leaving him uh, and not being with him, which is now that I think back, um, I can't even imagine that I was thinking like that. Mm-hmm. taking care of myself, taking care of my temple, my body, refueling my battery, taking care of myself, loving myself. Exactly. So I burnt out and it was a social worker in the hospital who asked me the simple question, Miriam, how are you doing? And I broke and I cried for 15 minutes. I sobbed for 15 minutes because of all the happiness that was on my shoulders. And I was mad at Miriam. Because I didn't want my husband to be, we weren't married yet at that time. I didn't want Martin to see me like that because I thought I was a super hero. So after this question, I came home that night and I looked in the mirror and asked myself, Miriam, what are you going to do for you? What will happen to Martin if you can't take care of him? And that was my wake up call. That was my wake up call. And Jasmine, I needed to learn so many things. I needed to learn how to love myself, how to do self-care, how to ask for help, how to see possibilities, grab opportunities, how to forgive myself and give myself permission to love my imperfections. So I had so much to learn and it didn't happen overnight. It took me months to learn all those things. And I had to take baby steps, but radical action. And baby steps are steps too. Exactly. So that's how I started beating my burnout every day, just a little bit, bit by bit. But I didn't give up. Just the best thing. I did it. Yeah. That I'm just like, I'm trying to not be too emotional, but that is a beautiful, bittersweet way. It was, and I love that you saw yourself as your own cheerleader you know you had to rethink of where you were and take those baby steps and this the point of that sometimes that cape can be heavy on your shoulders sometimes you just have you know what I got to put that to the side because I know I'm able to do everything but I'm also human and I also have you know and I just love that thank you so much for sharing that with me my pleasure yes thank you and Ashley so you also have a a story as well are you able to share that with the listeners a little bit about yourself and the kind of the same question what made you go on to this path and just tell us a little bit about yourself yes definitely and thank you again for the opportunity and platform but uh, like 
Miriam, I am a caregiver to my husband as well. Um, so my caregiving journey started in 2017. Uh, we had just gotten engaged and two and a half months after that engagement is when we got a uh, stage four cancer diagnosis mm. and, you know, our earth just was shattered It turned inside out. And, um, you know, like Miriam mentioned, becoming the cook, the clean cleaner, the sole provider, the chauffeur, because I'm having to take him an hour and a half one way to get to his treatments. And, um, you know, he had chemotherapy, radiation. He also had a major surgery um, that left him physically altered because the tumor started in his nasal cavity, which mm -hmm. is what made it rare. And um, because the tumor kept growing, um, it would shrink and then it would grow. Um, and then it kept growing to the point where it was breaking more bones in his face. Um, that they didn't, they, they basically wanted to go in and remove it. Um, so uh, when they did, they also had to remove um, a part of his nostril, his left eye and a part of his skull. Mm. So all the while through this whole process, I'm working 40 hours a week. I'm driving him back and forth to the hospital. I'm also still planning our wedding uh, because he did not want to postpone our wedding date because that was his motivation uh, for treatment was to still see me walk down the aisle. So I have all this added pressure of planning a wedding with and for someone that I'm not sure if I'm actually going to get to walk down the aisle to, um, which, you know, planning a wedding is stressful outside of that anyways. <laughs> but throwing all of that in there together, you know, when we got to that surgery, that was the point when the the constant not caring for myself started to bubble over. And I had kept pushing myself to the side so much that I was falling and I had to reclaim me. That didn't happen overnight, but I realized uh, with the help of some family members and my um, husband included like, hey, you might need to think about you because you're, you know, you're not okay right now. So luckily I have people in my life to point those out, um, those issues out to me. And um, so I could start working on it because I had to think, okay, if I don't take care of my body, my temple, then if I become ill and end up in the hospital, who's going to take care of uh, my fiance, no one's going to take care of him like I do. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I had to try to think about um, through this process. And like I said, it wasn't an overnight change. It mm -hmm. It's something you have to work on every day. And still, you know, four years later, I'm still working on my self-care routines, you know, revamping them if I need to, or totally ch changing the way I do self-care. Right, right. Well, I am so I am so happy that they you were able to spend time with your your fiance and and I'm so excited that you are continuing with the wedding and muzzle tough for you on your endeavors on that. And now how did it come to they had found this particular rare uh said some type of it was a stage four 
squamous. I'm, is that how yep. you pronounce it? Squamous, uh, squamous cell carcinoma. carcinoma. <laughs> yeah. So how do they find that out? Was it just a random uh, yearly checkup? You definitely have to learn to listen to your body and you have to advocate for you or get someone like a Miriam or I that are going to fight for you, be the tigers for you. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes the people we care for are just too tired. Right. So you need the tigers like us. <laughs> to, yes. To be ti your tigress. You're a tigress. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, for him, he had a knot forming on his forehead and he was complaining of extreme migraines. And I mean, I have migraines, but from what he explained to me, how his head was feeling back then, I, it makes me cry because at my worst migraine was nothing what he was experiencing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. That's what brought us to, he went to urgent care because he had just finally had enough. Like Tylenol wasn't doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. Then urgent care sent, um, sent him home saying he had a contusion, which he had had a work um, accident a month prior. So he was thinking, well, maybe it was something forming from that. But I said, that's still not right. Mm -hmm. So we went to a, you know, a specialist, that specialist said, I don't know what's going on. Maybe you should go to this specialist. Mm. So we went through like two or three different specialists in our area before the final one said, you guys are really young, but I'm just going to tell you, and I know you're not going to like me after I tell you, but I think this is cancer. And I, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm going to send you to either OSU, so uh, Columbus, Ohio, or University of Cincinnati, down in Cincinnati. And my husband, Troy, he said, well, I've had experience with down in Cincinnati. So let's go down there. And sure enough, about a couple weeks of testing. And I mean, it's a lot of hurry up and wait when you're trying to get diagnosed with something. Mm -hmm. Finally, after about two, three weeks, they diagnosed them with the squamous cell carcinoma of the nasal cavity, and it was already in stage four. Wow. So wow. Um, that's how we led to that. It's always that, well, what if we don't, mm -hmm. you can't do that, but you know, we're human. So sometimes we do it and, you know, he, he has mentioned like, well, what if I would have said something to you? Cause he kept his pain to himself. Mm -hmm. um, for months. And he said, well, maybe what if I would have said something earlier, but it doesn't matter because cancer is cancer. It doesn't just pop up overnight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, even though the di diagnosis can, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people find their cancer diagnosis because of maybe having a car wreck and they're going to the ER to get checked for their leg, but it's somewhere else or a normal checkup and they're doing tests, you know, they might be going for something for a whole different other body part, but they find the cancer somewhere else. So, right. but overall, if you feel something is wrong, I think it's very important to advocate for yourself and ask a lot of questions of your doctors, um, you know, during his diagnosis, I wish I would have asked more questions, but I was so stunned and shocked because mm -hmm. I was 31 and he was 37 when he was diagnosed. So mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I'm like, what? That That's mm -hmm. the only thing that I could think of was what? That was the question that kept going in my head. What, 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 what did they just say? Right. And I wish th that there could be someone set in place 
have been set in place like a Miriam or I to -hmm. say like, hey, we can help you navigate, even though my caregiving journey is different than Miriam's there's still this sense of, I didn't know who I could turn to or who would understand. Mm -hmm. If anything like this has ever occurred to their loved ones, to have them prepared for, you know, the questions that would be beneficial for them to kind of at least give them some ease and understanding, at least some knowledge to say, okay, I know what I'm doing, or can you direct me to a particular person who knows more? You know, with your, both of you having experience already, kind of like a trial and error a lot of people have gone through the trial and error and there's like me I would have been completely flabbergasted I would be without words as to how to even approach a particular situation like that if it ever occurred to anyone Miriam because I know that you were talking about your husband as well kind of the same question like how did you find out specifically about your husband in in regards to the dialysis and diabetes and pancreas transplant, you know, how did that even, how did that come to, I mean, that was pretty much just like a smack in the face for both of y'all. Like this is just what, what else can you do? You know, what, what else is going to happen now? You, you got this happening, this happening, this happening. And then what, you got something else from me? You're like, I can only take so much. Like, how did you feel and how did you find out about this? Well, how how we found out, he had a regular um, recurring appointment with his doctor. And when the doctor looked at his file, I could tell that there was something wrong. So he said, Martin, your kidneys are only functioning for 17%, one seven. Oh my and God. I was like, what? What does that mean? Yeah, I think you have to stay here in the hospital because we have to run some more tests. And that was the first time because we had been dating for not even a year. So that was the first time for me experiencing Martin to stay in the hospital. So there were so many things going on in my head, like, okay, what does this mean? He he mentioned kidney failure. He, he got to run some tests, his diabetes. There were so many things going on in my mind. But at the same time, I was focusing on Martin because he was mad that the doctor didn't mention his kidney failure earlier. It was like, boom, 17%. So that's when, that's when our our journey started. And I say our journey because we do it together. The caregiving is mostly, in my case and Ashley's case, our uh, um, on our plate, sorry, but you're in, in this together. Mm-hmm. You're in this together. So that's how we fi- found out. And then, you know, you roll from the one thing into the other thing. Oh, so... Goodness. Then there was time for for uh, to prepare for dialysis, mm. and he could choose peritoneal dialysis through his belly, the tube with a tube in his belly, so he could do it himself. Um, but unfortunately, um, there was a bacterium in the tube. Oh no! So he he got a lot of uh, peritonitis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was hospital in, hospital out. And because of that, he couldn't be on the transplant list. So mm-hmm. the doctor said, the nephrologist said, listen, Martin, it's better if you switch to hemodialysis. But that means three times a week on the machine for four hours. Oh. 
So, you know, we had to make a choice and he chose for hemodialysis because mm -hmm. that was the only way they could put him on the transplant list. And thankfully, within, I think, 18 months, he got a transplant. Oh. But so many things happened between the time we heard the news from the doctor until the transplant. So many things happened. You know, one time I had to call 911, 112 here. I had to call the paramedics because Martin, he, he was using insulin mm -hmm. and there was something wrong with his medication and we didn't know that. So we had some visitors over. I remember that he put a coffee on the table and he had a strange look in his eyes. Mm. I had never seen that before. I didn't know what happened to me, but I called 911. And when I tried to measure his blood sugar, the device, you know, it couldn't give a number. It was that low. Oh, my goodness. So Martin could get in a coma. Mm. But since we had moved, Recently to this home, I did. I wasn't sure if the paramedics would even find our home. So I sent, I asked one of the visitors, please go outside and watch for the paramedics and I'll stay here with the two other visitors. Mm -hmm. You know, long story short, I was happy I called. Mm, yes. Right away. And, you know, <laughs> I had to call the paramedics twice, once for Martin and once for my brother, mm -hmm. because in 2012, while I was at the office, I had to call 911 again. Mm. And I had my brother on the phone and we, he was talking strange, but he had a stroke while I was talking to him on the oh, phone. Man. And oh. if I had not called 911 or the paramedics, he wouldn't have been here today. Yeah. Or if you weren't even actually speaking with him, you would have not noticed these particular mm. signs. So there's, you know, we caregivers, we go through a lot. And mm -hmm. I do believe that we feel when we need to take action, when we need to do something right away. Mm -hmm. And after we have done what we should do, after we we know that our loved ones are OK, that's when we, how do you say that? Not burnout, but try to de-stress and try to, uh, what do you call it? Yeah. Have some self-awareness yeah. and self-management. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow. I have some wonderful, strong guests that I am just so honored to have. And you have so much knowledge and you've, you've gone through so much strife and you have, you're still moving on. You're still moving on, like you said, baby steps. I'm I am so happy to have you here. Ashley, tell me a little bit about some of the things you as a caregiver. Now, are you providing services? Can you kind of give us a listeners like a rundown to other other persons who are interested in looking at your website? I will flash forward to March of 2020 when uh, we we have gotten married by this point and he was pronounced cancer free oh good we had yeah we had gotten the miracle we had hoped and prayed for and i found myself in a position where i 
didn't know what Ashley wanted because Ashley had wrapped up her whole identity into being Troy's caregiver, um, making sure that he stayed alive. (laughs) And since I helped get him to that point, then I found myself not knowing what I wanted and I wasn't fulfilled. So I invested in myself and got a business coach and matching and meshing my, my likes, my joys and passions is how Timeless Dream Events was born. Um, So I turned my pain into my purpose. So I am able to help other terminally chronically ill and their loved ones celebrate life and love, whether that's with a wedding, a birthday party, celebration of life, whatever it may be. Um, So I've been able to turn what I went through in planning a wedding with someone terminally ill to um, being able to help others celebrate in the same ways if they um, want to. Um, So with that, I am also a caregiver advocate. People can reach out to me for advice, whether it's through my website or I do have a caregiver support group on Facebook. That's actually how Miriam and I met was through my support group on Facebook. And yeah, my my inbox and my (laughs) um, Facebook, Instagram, wherever is always open for anybody needing advice. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. And like you said, you've extended, you know, having a moment to recollect what you wanted to do outside of everything else, you know, you being Troy. And, you know, I love that you were standing by him and just to have someone next to you in such a hard moment of life where you have to make the decision of what do Mm -hmm. we do? And and some people actually just walk away. They're not strong enough to be supportive. And to I commend you to even be there through all the things that you've gone through with Troy. I'm glad you were able to get on top of everything that you've been dealing with, the hospitals, the the surgeries, the being cancer free, going through the marriage. You know, you found Ashley out of all of that and you've created mm-hmm. such a wonderful business. Now, your business is um, like you mentioned, you're you would just officially been a officiate and you only do it in like a regional area. Are you? Outside of Ohio, or yes. are you specifically just Ohio for anyone who oh, wants no. to? I go, I go anywhere and everywhere. Okay, I've cool. Now the state a couple times um, within this year, and I've done baby showers. I've done celebrations of life. So even for people who have passed on because mm-hmm. maybe they couldn't get together before then. I've helped um, families celebrate that loved one's life, even though after they've passed on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been I, I go where I'm called. That's what I say. I go where I'm called. That's awesome, because yeah. this gives the listeners who are who are kind of tuning into the podcast. Ashley can be everywhere. And I'm glad that she's able to spread her love above and beyond Ohio if needed. And thank you so much for that information. It's very, very helpful for for all of us to understand how beautiful and how wonderful your journey has taken you. And um, now, Miriam, so for example, like on your website as well, you have in your bio, you yourself as a caregiver. Now, 
your husband and your brother's caregiver, if if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Now, mm-hmm. where does where does Miriam come out of all of this? What did you create? Well, after years of um, being a caregiver, I launched a plus size web shop. Uh, sorry, a web shop in plus size women's clothing in 2013. One year after my brother had a stroke. The reason why I did it is that I'm a plus size woman. Sorry, correct. I'm a beautiful plus size woman. You're voluptuous. (laughs) We're all voluptuous, beautiful women of color. And I wanted the world to see that we are beautiful too, that everybody is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I started my web shop in November 2013. And I closed this web shop in August 2019. At that time, I didn't know what Miriam wanted to do. The only thing I knew then is that I wanted to continue working with people, with lifting people up, empowering people, motivating, inspiring people. But I I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So I closed the web shop and, you know, I spent a week answering people, their email, their WhatsApp messages, all the customers, Miriam, why are you closing? How, how, how can we continue with the beautiful dresses? Where can we find them? You know, so Mm -hmm. I chose for Miriam. Mm -hmm. And one year later, I met a friend who lives in New York, in Ithaca, New York. And we had met online and we had been trying to schedule a meet and greet zoom call for months and finally on august 5th or 6th 2020 we um had our meet and greet zoom call and she asked me who's miriam and i told her my story and i was so busy talking and i didn't pay any attention to the screen and when i looked at the screen i saw that she had tears in her eyes Mm-hmm. And I apologized. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. It wasn't my intention to make you cry. Maybe I should write a book. Mm. And she said, well, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you. And I said, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Me <laughs> writing a book? First of all, English isn't my main language. I live in the Netherlands. We speak Dutch. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I would be honored to help you to coach you because I'm a writing coach and I would be honored to help you. That's so beautiful. Wow. Why don't you think about it? And I said, Mm -hmm. are you sure? Are are you, are you, are you sure? (laughs) And she said, yes, I am. And on August 22nd, 2020, I started writing about my transformational journey. Wow. And on June 10th, 2021, I published my book. Oh, wow. Which have been three times Amazon number one hot new release. Wow. Congratulations. Yes. And thank you. And in the meantime, I set up a six week online program for caregivers mm-hmm. where I guide them. I am their guide, I am their coach. I help them transform from caregiver 1.0 to caregiver 2.0. I help them get to the next level. I help them to see possibilities, grab opportunities, ask for help, 
whatever they need to get to the next level. So they can live in peace and harmony while they take care of their loved ones. Mm-hmm. The name of the book is Caregiver 2.0. Congratulations, both of y'all. I just, it's just, I feel nothing but warm love <laughs> in this room right now. It's just, I am so, I feel so honored to have both of you here. And I know that I, because you both had mentioned when you were confronted with these just out of the blue diagnosis and illnesses of family and loved ones, you know, Ashley, your husband, your, he is husband now, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Your husband and, you know, Miriam, your brother and husband, what are some of the things that you've learned throughout this that would be beneficial for someone else who has ever encountered, if they've ever come to the questions that they could ask to kind of give a more ease and understanding of what's really going on with their loved ones. Are you able to, Ashley, would you like to go first or help out with that? Yeah, I I would say just breathe, you know, catch your breath and just start. Sometimes you have to, you know, pick up and run. That's what we had to do. We didn't, we couldn't, we didn't have time for a second opinion. Um, there was no, well, we'll, we're going to go see this doctor over here. We picked up and ran because we had to. So I didn't have a lot of time to process what was truly happening. And that's why I believe I burnt out. So just remember to breathe and ask questions. It's very intimidating, but ask all the questions that you possibly can. If you don't understand something, tell that doctor, tell that nurse, look, I need you to slow down. I need you to repeat that. Um, Join support groups, whether it's in person or online. I have a Facebook caregiver group, uh, caring for the caregiver, treat yourself because I want caregivers to realize that you are allowed to treat yourself. You are allowed to think of yourself. You are allowed to fill up your own cup because without filling up your own cup, you cannot then pour into that loved one's cup. Mm -hmm. And they so need you desperately to be at your best. They need you to be at your 100%. They need you. They might not be able to verbally tell you or they might not show you, but they do need you and you need you for yourself as well. Right. Right. Thank you so much, Ashley. And how about you, Miriam? Same question. Um, What I like to add is um, before you see the doctor, write your questions on a piece of paper, because when you're sitting in front of the doctor, you might forget That was my experience, right? Your questions, like Ashley said, if you don't understand it, ask them to slow down because some of the medical uh, terms, uh, words, I don't know what, (laughs) I didn't know what they were talking about. So I asked them, okay, do you have the subtitling for me, please? Because I don't understand what you're talking about. Right. Um, So write it down, schedule, make sure that you schedule because then you will be organized, more organized. In the beginning, I try to remember all those appointments. It won't work. You have so much going on in your life. I I forgot about appointments. I forgot many things I had to do. So when that starts happening, you will feel guilty because you forgot 
uh, appointments or you know and it will add up guilt uh, uh, shame uh, you you're not waiting for those kinds of emotions mm-hmm. so that's what I keep asking questions and if somebody offers help please accept it mm-hmm. take off your super zero cape and accept help don't be like me and Ashley <laughs> not accepting help in the beginning because you know you you are worthy of a wonderful life mm-hmm. even though you're a caregiver you deserve a wonderful life and that's exactly what I try to explain when I'm working with caregivers mm-hmm. I want them to have their flowers now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We only have one life to live. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. And Ashley, Miriam, I see you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let the listeners know exactly, Ashley, what is your, how would be the best way if they were wanting to contact you? Did you have a website or email address to provide? Yes, I do. You can find me at timelessdreamevents.com. You can read more about my story there. Uh, I do have a video up on my website where you can learn about the behind story and scenes behind um, my book, which is called Lost Travel Found. You can order a signed copy off of my website or you can go on to Amazon and get it download at Kindle, Target, Barnes and Nobles, it's everywhere. But yes, you can find me on my website or you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Clubhouse, all at Timeless Dream Events. Wonderful. Thank you. And how about you, Miriam? How are the listeners able to reach out to you? Just like Ashley, we are everywhere. <laughs> yes, we are everywhere. <laughs> you can get my book on my website, miriambaldewain.com. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, all Miriam Baldwin. We are here for you. Mm-hmm. You are not alone. And we appreciate you for what you're doing as a caregiver, which can be very challenging, both physically and mentally. Yes. Exactly. But please, please, please know that you are worthy of a wonderful life too, even though you're in a caregiving situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I really enjoyed having both of you here as a guest. We have a wonderful weekend and take care of all your loved ones. And uh, all right. I will talk to you later. Thank talk you so much. Thank Bye. you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you for listening to Noise Palooza Zion podcast. I'm Jasmine Castillo, also known as DJ Jim Jam. If you are wanting to be promoted on my podcast, please reach out to me if you are a small business, entrepreneur, musician, or artist. www.jasminecastillovoice.com Stay tuned for the next upcoming episode.